Hi, you're listening to episode 60 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. If you're a book lover who may be interested in joining our online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com. For November 2015, we're discussing The Pocket Wife by Susan Crawford. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. I'm Roberta in Georgia. And I'm Cheryl in Arizona. And we three are members of The Reading Cove here today to chat about our November Cove pick, The Pocket Wife by Susan Crawford. It's our 180th pick, and it was chosen by Cove member Miriam over in Texas. So let's dive right in. We were going to start the discussion online with everybody else today in the group, but what did you guys think? Cheryl, you tell us, because you were saying that you kind of identified a little bit with Dana, the yeah, main character. It, it um, kind of creeped me out a little bit because <laughs> she's bipolar. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm bipolar. Right. And um, a lot of the, the things the author stuck with was very, very true of bipolar people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the mania, the un- not sleeping, the crazy activities that you do and everything mm-hmm. and not staying stable right. you know when you're when you're not on meds and everything like you you tend to to say oh poo poo with the meds mm-hmm. and then you you start going out of whack and everything and it's very difficult to keep a, a balance between being you know really really depressed which Dana was doing and also you know becoming manic with and and also like euphoria Right. And and whatnot, and and that's where the mania uh, starts coming in, and the dangerous activity, and maybe you know going out and and spending too much money, and or trying to jump off like a that. bridge, trying to kill yourself. <laughs> exactly, um, it's it's something that I really really identified with, and I had to read it in small doses, right? Because it it creeped me out so much, uh, because I was seeing myself in it, but uh, after a while. I really started getting bored with the book. Yeah. It, especially when, uh, I guess about three quarters in, it was just getting boring. And, yeah, I and, think that's a testament to the narrative. But, Roberta, yeah. you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't give it a real high grade. But, you know, overall, I enjoyed it because I fortunately don't, you know, have to deal with so much about that type of illness. So it was interesting to me how the author, you know, worked all these different things in and, um, you know, what this person would be capable of doing and not even really sure of what's going on Mm -hmm. with her. So it was, a you know, I learned a lot from it too, but, you know, as far, far as a mystery, it was, you know, a a more typical mystery because at the end you could see the whodunit, why that was possible. But at the main time that, you saw all these other people that could have been suspects for any reason, you know, little by little, they, they can, the author can show you these people and say, and you think, well, yeah, they could have done it. You know, they have motive and opportunity, as they say. I felt sort of sorry for, for Dana, though, at the same time, she brought a lot of things on herself because she wouldn't stay on her med- medications mm-hmm. that, but I've mm-hmm. heard that that's not that un- unusual that people just, they don't like the feeling of being too smoothed out. And I've even heard of creative people that find out they're bipolar. And then when they try to take the medication, then they lose their creativity. So you can see 
why somebody wouldn't want to be on the medication, even though it would help control some of the other bad problems with the disease. Right. Yeah, that's correct. I I just didn't see the whodunit coming. I mean, who would see that? I mean, that it it didn't ring true to me. Yeah, it just she seemed didn't. like one of those things that the author knew nobody would guess. So let's make it right. this person. Yeah, right. That's that's what really I think upset me with the book, and that's the only reason why I gave it like a C plus mm-hmm. because otherwise it would have been average to me. But I really did swear that it was uh, Dana's husband. That's the other thing. I knew on him. I was suspecting um, the neighbor, the kid. The, the one that looked like a kid. What was his name? Guyan or something? I don't know. But the neighbor. Yeah. The man. It, it could have, you know, it could have been, like I said, they kind of explored different possibilities and you couldn't rule out too many of the people. Right. That was my issue with the, with the book in the beginning. I never really got into it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I feel like she assumed that by immediately casting suspicion on Peter cheating with the dead woman you know what i mean it was like right out the gate immediately she's showing dana the picture of of peter on the phone with the other woman and he's cheating and then um she finds what was her name celia 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 is the dead woman so yeah dana finds celia's number in peter's phone under c Right. Right. So it looks like, oh, they're carrying on this sordid affair. I mean, and that's like before you even really get to know the characters. So I feel like it just assumed that that was going to be so compelling. And I couldn't care less. It's like, I don't know them. And number one, the whole book kind of felt redundant to me because I read this other book called Turn of Mind that came Mm -hmm. out a few years ago. And it was like the exact same plot. Except that woman had, yeah, she, that woman had Alzheimer's or dementia or something. Right, right. Yeah, she had dementia. okay. But, and so she didn't know whether she killed her best friend who lived in the neighborhood walking distance away as well. It was so similar. Yeah. So I was just like, uh, okay, no. Dana, (laughs) Dana definitely could have done it, especially with her, her lapse in memory. I knew she didn't do it though. I mean, that was obvious. I I knew it too. To me, it was obvious. But I, I identified again with the, the lapse of memory and everything. And you really start questioning yourself. You're like, mm, did I or didn't I? And, and you still don't want to go on those meds to try to straighten yourself out. You Although know? that aspect of it, you know, I don't doubt that that is authentic. Mm-hmm. The, the Dana's character and her being bipolar. I don't doubt that that aspect is authentic. But I just don't feel like the narrative did a very good job of it's it's billed, I think, or, or categorized as a thriller or suspense. But I didn't mm-hmm. feel any thrills. I wasn't. I felt no tension at no point w- when I was reading. Was I like, oh my god, oh my god? You, never. There yeah. was nothing like that. It, the narrative was so bland, and it just fell flat to me. Yes. No. I'll I'll agree with you. It probably didn't help either. You think well, a combination of her. Uh, mental state and being drunk. You I know, know right? Mm-hmm. You, you think, you, you know, it's kind of bad because she, I could see how she would think I could have done anything and, and not, you know, known what it was what so I convenient, though. It's convenient. Oh, she was so drunk on sangria. Yeah. You know, they don't remember. She, Celia was drunk too. So, the, you know, <laughs> big blank. <laughs> and she was the last person to see her alive. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I never suspected the husband. I was the whole time from the moment that neighbor walked into the police um, department and to go talk to the detective. 
he was a major character that he's the other perspective we get as he he goes through this investigation which i think cheryl is part of why it became boring the the way she handled the investigation yeah and his life you know she she tried to develop him with his you know wife leaving him and whatever and it was just like okay who cares about (laughs) the cop's life and how his son knew the the girl that was yeah this. Like, yeah <laughs> um she was his teacher and and for his GED and and that storyline that went off and and I was like why why are we bothering with this well to because too that they, the the uh, policeman thought that maybe his son you know had yeah. done it whether it was intentional or not because he you know found out i mean the the son confessed to him that he had, you know, broken into the house mm-hmm. to uh, get this money to, because he was in, you know, dire straits financially. Well, I forgot just... about the the breaking into the house. Yeah. I remember him being in her car because she had to get something or whatever yeah. it was. It went off with him having a baby and and mm-hmm. his kid being, you know, a problem. And then for some reason, uh, his brother had died, but they didn't really go into that at all. Yeah. But it just kept sneaking in. And I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? I never. Well, I think they it. were just trying to maybe build up the, the investigator, how he had all these issues to deal to with deal himself. With and it probably made him not, you know, as clear thinking about all the stuff that was going on. I mean, of course he was trying to trace down all this, different tangents of the right. It clearly the creates a conflict of interest, doesn't it? I mean, your son yeah. now is a part of the case and right. you're the lead investigator. So it, to me, it was just like false conflict. She was trying to create this whole thing that just didn't really create much tension at all. It was so right. contrived. Right. It's like, why, why bring him into it? He's the detective and now his son potentially could be the murder. Really? Right. And, and then he... He took Dana out to to lunch at that place, E. Claire's, mm-hmm. because he knew the attorney, the district attorney would be there. Right. And and the fact that Dana recognized her and everything, because that came like totally out of the blue. I'm like, why are you taking her out of lunch, out to lunch when you think she did it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and, and why is she going along with it? I, I just didn't get that, you know, and how the hell did he get an inkling or an idea that it was it was Lenora? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it didn't work for me. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't it was, compelling at all. It was just me. a joke to me after a while. It's like, <laughs> let's oh, just find man. out who did it. Right. It's like, let's just get to the end and find out who the hell killed Celia. And yeah, well, after after like 70% of the book, I was just starting to speed read through it now. I was like, I'm bored. Okay. You know, I got to get this done, man. <laughs> well, um, we've heard from a couple other members. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen anybody who really enjoyed it more than Roberta or as much as Roberta. But I think Nicole gave it a C as well. Yeah, I think it's a falling on the average scale yeah i mean yeah it, even with the b minus and b minus c plus it's close together but right it, it wasn't anything that i was you know praising to the skies but it wasn't the worst thing i'd you know read right, right. in a while mm-hmm. because i i finished some stuff you know recent times that the only reason that i finished them because i felt that i had to you know i was compelled <laughs> to do it but um but this you know it was it was like i said just about an average read it didn't 
have as much new ground to it. Of course, like when you're writing a, a psychological thriller or a suspense book, that in a way it has to follow a certain formula for it to work with popular literature, it seems like nowadays. So anybody that come on with a different twist or a different setting, then that'll grab you more than like the typical type book. Right. Yeah. Well, I know, I know Laura um, finished it. She got it and she finished it like within a day. Wow. And she, and she ate it up. And, and I'm not sure how she liked it. But um, when I was talking to her the other night, she was like, oh, you'll see, you know. Okay. <laughs> That's fine, you know. But yeah. um, I'm, I'll be interested to see what she thinks of it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, what the, uh, the discussion is like once we get it started. Right. Yeah. But the title, we can talk about that, The Pocket Wife, was because Dana's husband, Peter, always put the phone in his pocket when they were talking on the phone. And she felt like a pocket wife, like, you know, she was insignificant to her husband. That was very, very weird. You yes. Know? Very Hold weird. on a second. Let me put you in my pocket and I'll go outside and then we could talk. <laughs> I'm like. No, he would, put her, he would put the phone in his pocket like when he's in a meeting because he's an attorney, right? So right. if he's in, I guess, in court or in a deposit or whatever he's doing and she calls, then he'd just drop his phone in his pocket and she'd be, you know, just hearing everything. <laughs> and he's not. Yeah. And I was like, why? I don't understand. Maybe because Dana's the focal character and it's supposed to be piggybacking on her bipolarness. Yeah, well, I mean, she already has, you know, a hard enough time dealing with her life, and she doesn't seem to have a lot of self-esteem. No, she doesn't. Everything else came before her. You know, it'd be mm-hmm. easy for her to feel sorry for, for herself, because it's pretty much, you know, she's there by herself now since the, the sun's pretty much grown and gone most of the time. So, right. And it sounds like with her different issues going on, she pr- probably didn't feel a lot of times up to getting involved in something that would give her some purpose instead she'd you know fly off like i said on these little uh spur of the moment spontaneous little trips or whatever right and she was basically being a pocket wife right she was staying in that role because it's like if and granted she does have the mental illness but a part of i guess evolving with that is you know trying to realize that you can't look to your husband or anybody to validate you. Right. You have to find that within yourself. And if you never do, then you you will succumb to this mental illness. It is right. going to get the best of you. Now, yeah. that was something that um, the, the author really did badly. Yeah. Because with the bipolar, you need checks and balances. And I know that her husband was saying, go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Go to the doctor. But, I mean, I, I go to support Group weekly. Right. I go to my doctor every six to eight weeks. I see my therapist in between that right. every six to eight weeks. And my husband and both my son learned about my my dip disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I try not to call it a disease. Right. Um, it's a disorder, even though there's an imbalance in your brain. But they learned about it and read about it, where they can pick up on. Right what my issues are because I can't always identify, identify my triggers. Right. And I can't, I can't understand what I'm saying until somebody looks at me and says, yo, wait a second, you're doing this Mm -hmm. slow down. 
you know, and, and then I become aware of it. Right. So the, the author really did a disservice by, by not liking letting Peter um, watch her better. But then again, he was off fooling around with other girls all the time. And right. either working or fooling around, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, so he, which, he wasn't there either to give her much support. Right. I mean, I think the um, the guy she was in, in uh, a relationship with when she was in college, she called the poet. Mm-hmm. He seemed to know and understand better than what Peter did. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, he, he was, a, if he was a poet, he was a more sensitive, emotional type person where, like I said, Peter was pretty much just you know, into his job and into other women. Himself. Peter was yeah, just into, about into himself. himself. He's kind yeah. of almost like a narcissist in a way, I guess. So Yeah, but what he should have done, because he knew she was becoming that way, was just taken her and taken her to the hospital. Right. You know, but he because, didn't care. I mean, he didn't care. He, and I, I think that the narrative or the author really just used him as a plot device Whereas I think if he had been a more supportive husband, if he had been playing the role of looking out for Dana's best interest and truly trying to help her overcome, he would have been a better suspect. Right. Rather than come out right at the front gate saying, oh, he's cheating. Oh, yes, he's cheating with Celia. Yeah. I I mean, come on. That was such a waste. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, it was like, (laughs) because immediately, you know, obviously it's not him. Obviously, because from page two, you're telling me that he was having an affair with the dead woman. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, he keeps asking or telling her to go to the doctor, you know, and I'm I'm like, wait a second. You know, if my husband's telling me that my husband would be taking me to the hospital. Right. Because they would or he would be dragging me to the doctor. Right. You're dragging him because, yeah, I mean, she had gotten to the point where she was a threat to herself, mainly her to herself, but possibly to others. Because right. Well, she wasn't even sleeping and he knew that. And right. he kept yeah, saying that to her. And, yeah. and that's huge. I mean, because you're bipolar, you need to sleep and you need to have quality REM sleep. You know, not an hour here or two hours there. You have to sleep at least eight hours every night. Right. And and he just didn't seem to care in the least. It was just ridiculous. And like, especially Peter Smarzy, he should have known better. But I guess, you know, maybe he just didn't really care. You know, he could see she was going bad. He knew something would have to be done. But at the same time, you know, he wasn't as, as concerned about her as he should have been since he did know that she was to the point where she was about to go off the rails. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, it's a shame. And I think this was a case of another book, as I've said on some of the other ones. It had promise, but it just didn't follow through. It just didn't live up to uh, expectations. I don't think it it offered anything new to this plot. Because this is a plot that has been done before, which I'm sure the author and the publisher is well aware Right. It didn't offer anything new to it because I think there's been a there have been quite a few books with this kind of plot where, oh, you know, the female housewife is either, you know, having some medical issue and doesn't remember if she murdered her friend (laughs) or murdered someone syndrome. So, Yeah. yeah, this was just like a copycat story and it felt very redundant to me. I mean, like I said, I had read Turn of Mind. Yeah, I think Diane Chamberlain also did a book like it with the woman having Alzheimer's. The or, Silent Wife or Sister or something. Something yeah. like that. And, mm-hmm. and um, 
it, it, she didn't do it, but she couldn't be sure that she didn't do it. Yeah, but it's the same kind of, you know what I mean? And it's then, still like, a, yeah, I can't. I wish, I hope nobody else does it again, please, because it's been done to death. So yes. please, <laughs> go write something new. Don't, don't make, go write a book like this. Find something new. <laughs> well, it wasn't a bad pick. I, I, I won't say it was no, a bad pick. No, it wasn't bad, but it's just, it, it was just average. It, it could have been better. No, but, I'm talking about from the perspective of before you, anybody's read it. Right. From the right. look of it, it looks like a good book club choice. Yeah. 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 Synopsis that look like, because that's most of the time you want something that has a lot of uh, issue Mystery. and drama to yeah. discuss. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I did expect much more from this book because of the, the good reviews. And also because on, in my library, there was like 150 holds on, on wow. only maybe 20 copies. And I'm wow. like, holy cow, because I had to download it on the, the Kindle and everything. I had to buy it. Yeah. But um, it just really fell flat, like Millennia said. Yeah. For me, it did. I'm glad that at least Roberta enjoyed it more. Yeah. Why? Well, and I had I I got a good deal of a copy, but I I wasn't able to get it. You know, from my library, I wouldn't be able to get it in time, even though I knew you know way in advance. So, I um, I bought a copy, but I had to buy pass, my copy. I'm passing it on to my daughter, so you know it'll it'll get I'll get my money's worth out of it. Like I said, it, it wasn't the best book I've read this year, but it wasn't the worst and. I, I did learn, as I said, I did learn some things from it, but I don't know um, that I would buy something by this author again or or get it be unless, you know, it was a lot different and, and I maybe read an excerpt or something first to decide. But, I mean, I wish her well because here she's, I don't know what part she lives in, but here she's uh, in, um, you know, metro Atlanta just like I am. So mm-hmm. yeah. you have to feel like these um you want to support the local authors, but <laughs> that maybe is just because she hasn't had enough experience yet or whatever. So I don't know. Some people, you know, they have uh, a mega blockbuster right out of the uh, starting gate. And then other ones, they kind of have to build from from the um, experience. Their, their experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah she was, um, uh, she sold a lot of short stories mm-hmm. uh, to different magazines. And, and she's and- won awards for them. Right, she yeah. she's won four awards for them, and and then she came out with the book because she doesn't have any other books out. But um, I I was looking at some of her short stories were in pretty prominent magazines. Yeah, not that I found them and read them, but that that but, might be an idea to do. But but that's pretty impressive that she sold the story. I think her writing right, yeah. is her writing itself is is good. It's solid. I think where the issues lay is in the narrative. So maybe going from short stories to long form story, you know, pulling out that that plot. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see if that tightens up over time for with yeah. her books. Yeah. All right. So that's our discussion of The Pocket Wife by Susan Crawford. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in, as always. Leave us your comments down below if you've read The Pocket Wife. And stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be discussing, I think, Cheryl's pick, right? Annie Freeman's Fabulous Traveling Funeral by Chris Radish. That's right. (laughs) I I didn't vote for it. I just let the group vote. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.